Well, let's start reading in Philippians 4, 5. Philippians 4, 5. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this first verse, uh, 4 or 5, let your reasonableness be known to everyone, the Lord is at hand. Not really going to talk about that, and the reason is this idea of reasonableness or open to changing your mind. Some translations say gentleness. Uh, often it's paired with quarreling in, in other passages where it comes in a list, and so not quarrelsome, reasonable. And so it seems like that verse is really referring to what we already talked about. He's just coming off of Euodia and Syntyche's disagreement, and then he says, Rejoice in the Lord, and let your reasonableness be known to everyone. It seems like he's really talking there, kind of wrapping up that discussion of quarreling and arguments and things like that. And so that verse is really tying back into that. Uh, and the reason I think that is if you just do a word search for for that specific word there, it comes up in lists for requirements for pastors and, and deacons and things like that. And it's almost always next to quarreling. And so it seems like that really ties into what we already talked about, um, pure and, and those messages. And so not really going to cover that, something we already covered. What does it mean to be reasonable? How do we handle disagreements? So we're just going to jump in after verse 5 to verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So really talking about anxiety anxiety or concern or just like a low level of fear. And so the first thing we want to notice is that this is a command. This is a command here in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. And so it's a command not to be anxious. So the first question we could ask is, if this is a command, don't be anxious about anything, then if you're anxious today, is that a sin? You know, I'm sure there's people anxious about different things, lots of things that are concerning, that you feel nervous about in the future. Does that mean you're in sin? I mean, the, it's a command. It says don't be anxious about anything. So that's the first question we want to answer. And just to jump right in, give you the preview, what my conclusion is going to be no, uh, not necessarily. And I'm going to give you four reasons why I think that. The first is the tense of this verb. Uh, don't be anxious about anything. It's a present tense, and it's comparable to 1 John 3, 9. If you want to turn there, you can. But 1 John 3, 9 has another present tense verb that's similar to this. And it says this, No one born of God can make a practice of sinning, because God's seeds abide in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. So it says, if you're a Christian, you can't make a practice of sinning, and you cannot keep on sinning because you've been born of God. Well, that's that present tense, same tense of the verb. And Woost is this guy that has this multi-volume set on Greek word, word studies, so expert, smarter than me. 
he says that this tense, this present tense, always speaks of a continuous action unless the context demands otherwise. So he's saying that this tense is not just saying a one-time action. He's saying a continuous action. And the words in 1 John 3, 9, no one born of God can make a practice of sinning because God's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he's been born of God. That Those words, keep on, are just supplied. They're trying to get across that the tense is present continuous, something that you're doing now and you can continue to do in the future. And so that is what those words keep on are trying to get across. And actually, when I was working, taking Greek classes, we translated First John, it's one of the easiest places to read the Greek, and I got to this verse and I translated it, no one, um, born of God, can make a practice of sinning. Uh, this next part, it said, God's seed abides in him and he cannot sin. That's all it says. It doesn't say keep on. It just says cannot sin. The words keep on are supplied. And I said, oh, I messed something up. I need to go back and look at it. No, it just says keep on, cannot sin. And so those words keep on are supplied. And it was shocking to me. Um, but it gets across that idea that the tense is present continuous. And so what could we say about this verse that we're talking about specifically? How does that apply here? It says we could supply those words to kind of give the feel of the tense. Do not keep on being anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So it's the idea of you're anxious and you're continuing to be anxious. It's this pattern of your life. And it's the same with 1 John 3 about sin. Not that we can't sin, but sin's not going to be the present continuous pattern of our life. We're not going to keep on in it. And so it's the same with this word anxious. So that's the first reason. Most complicated, it should get easier from here. The second reason is just simply the context in Philippians. The interesting thing is he's saying don't be anxious about anything. But if you go back to Philippians chapter 2, he uses this exact same word for Timothy. So Philippians 2.20, Paul says about Timothy, For I have no one like him who will be genuinely anxious for your welfare. So that word there is probably translated concerned, but it's the same word. He's saying Timothy is concerned. Timothy's anxious. He's, he's anxious for you, and that's a good thing. And so there's a positive sense in which when things happen, when we see, when we have people we care about, we're concerned. When there's concerning things going on, we're concerned, and that's okay. That's normal, and in this case, he's saying it's good. He's concerned for them. So anxiety doesn't have to be necessarily a sin. What do we do with it? And that's really the question. We can have present anxiety. What are we going to do in the future? Is it going to continue on? Is that where we are all the time? So the second reason that we don't think that just because you're anxious, you're in sin, is the context. You know, it's okay. There's times to be concerned for people. There's times to have them weigh on your mind, and what do you do, ne what do you do next? That's the question. What do we do with our anxiety? We don't want to stay in it, live in it, present, continuous. Well, the third reason that I don't think, if you're anxious today, it's a sin, is just simply the specific wording in this passage. Look what it says about if we pray to God, if we give thanks to Him and we give our anxieties to Him and 
what does it say is going to happen at the end in Philippians 4? It says specifically, In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what is he saying? It doesn't say the peace of God means you'll no longer feel any anxiety. That doesn't say it. It said it's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's different than saying you're not going to feel anxiety. It's saying you've got a guard there. You've got anxiety, but there's a guard. It's God. It's God's peace. It's God. And later on at the end of this section, which what we'll cover next week, it calls God the God of peace. And that's in, in 4.9. But... The idea is not that you don't feel any anxiety, but you've got a guard. You've got somebody there with you. It, it reminds me of this thing that happened with Joy and myself. Uh, in our neighborhood, there's a dog that just people don't put on a leash. They just let it run loose, and it's really friendly, uh, which is good and bad because it's a loose dog. And so, like, I was on a walk with Joy, and, like, the dog jumped up and put its paws on my shoulder, which is crazy. But that's kind of the feel that you get. This dog just run around, um, just totally friendly, but kind of wild. And I was walking down the street, and you know, I saw the dog jumping in the car. You know, and I thought, oh, that's the owner. You know, dog, and the owner's got all the doors open, like get out of my car. And then I, and then the guy next door comes out and is trying to get the dog out of the neighbor's car. I realized the dog had jumped in, not his owner's car, somebody else's car. <laughs> and so the owner's like trying to get the dog out of somebody else's car, if you can imagine that. Like, here comes the dog, your, your, your car door's open, somebody else's dog jumps in. That's kind of the feel, it kind of gives you a feel of this dog. So Joy and I are out on a walk, and of course this dog is out, and then runs up to us. And of course Joy's terrified because she's that's kind of her personality. And, you know, her eyes go wide and she yells, Dad, you know, pick me up. You know, there's a dog, you know. <laughs> and she's just yelling and um, and I pick her up. And she's okay, but she's terrified of the dog. Well, that kind of gives you a feel for what it's talking about. It's not that she's not scared at all. She's not. She's totally scared. But when she gets up into my arms, she feels, like, secure. Like, I, you know, there's a scary thing, this dog, but my dad's got me. And so she calms down. And that's kind of the idea here in this passage is not that you have no fear, but you go to God and he's there and he's your comfort and your peace. So, you know, it's like a, it's more like a scale where it's not saying that you have no anxiety on this side. It's just saying that God is greater than the anxiety. So there's, there may be anxiety over here, but the scale tips in, in the side of peace because you've got God there comforting you and with you. And so that's why it says it will guard your heart. Uh, it doesn't say you will not feel any anxiety. And then the fourth reason that um, I would say that just because you're anxious, it doesn't necessarily mean you're in sin is other verses in the Bible. So I'll give you an exa example. Psalm 56.3 says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. So anxiety, like we said, is just kind of a low level fear or concern. And that verse says, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. I mean, it's not saying I'm never going to be afraid. It's just saying when I am, I'm going to God and I'm trusting him. Again, the kind of the idea of a scale is like, yeah, here I've got fear, but I'm going to God with that fear and he's weightier than my fear. He's bigger than my fear. Another example is John fourteen twenty seven. 
Jesus says, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you peace. What does he conclude that with? He doesn't say, My peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Your hearts will never be troubled and they'll never be afraid. He doesn't say that. He says, let them not be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So he's saying, there's going to be fear. What do you do with that? How do you handle that? You don't sit in it. You don't let it fester and, and live there. Don't let it stay there. You trust me, right? And so very different uh, ideas of peace. And so all that is to say, kind of the idea of what do we do? What, what kind of peace is this talking about? And what do we expect as Christians with anxiety? Well, we can expect to have anxiety. The question is, what do we do with it? And so kind of a summary would be that peace is not the absence of anxiety. It's the presence of God. That sounds similar to last week, doesn't it? Peace is not the absence of anxiety. It's the presence of God. So peace does not mean you have zero level anxiety. It means whatever level it is. If you've got a 10 anxiety, then you've got an 11 trusting God, which is greater. Does that make sense? You've got a guard that that mitigates that anxiety. There's somewhere where you're going with that anxiety. You've got a trusting God, a God that's greater than your anxiety. And that's what peace is. There's, it's not that you never have any concerns. You never have any fears anymore. But when you have them, you go to a God that you trust who's greater. Just like Joy in my arms with the dog. It's not that she's still not not scared of the dog anymore. It's that she trusts me more than she's scared of the dog. And that's the way we should be with God. It's like, should we be concerned about, you know, COVID-19? I mean, if you're over 70, you know, for sure. I mean, (laughs) um, there's a, I mean, a significant chance if you're over 70 and you get it, you, you could die. And so, is it wrong to be concerned about it? I don't think so. But where do you go? Or even if you're not, maybe you've got some other health issues. Is it okay to be concerned? Of course. But what do you do with that? Are you living in anxiety all the time with that? Is that like the present continuous pattern of your life? You keep on in your anxiety? Or is it that you take that anxiety and you go to God and you trust him more than you fear COVID? Does that make sense? So in the example of joy and the dog, um, if it's up, just replace joy with yourself and me with God, um, we've got a father, right? And so here's this scary thing coming in our way, whether that's COVID-19 or whether that's, um, we got a lot of pregnant ladies at the church, you know, Jess and I were concerned when COVID-19 just started and we're going in, you know, to the hospital, of course we're concerned. Um, when Joy was born and she had all those health problems, we were concerned. When Jess had to have emergency surgery, I was definitely concerned. But the question is, when I have that anxiety, that fear, that concern, is that where I live all the time? Is that overwhelming me? Or is there something greater that I can run into God's arms? And though I have all this concern, I have more trust for God, that I've got a greater God that is with me and will provide for me and protect me, even if, you know, the worst happens, that I'll be there with God. And that's okay. And I can trust him. It's again, like that scale. Yeah, I've got anxiety about this, but you know what? Here's God and he's with me. And so though this is concerning, I've got God to trust.
So that's all just summarized in this idea of Christians are concerned. It's normal to have anxiety. What do you do with it? You live in it. You give it to God and trust him. And he's your guard. He's there with you. And though you're concerned, you're, you've got more trust in God and that gives you peace. Well, the, the verse is not just specifically that. It's giving us what do we do? And so now the second kind of half is what do we do when we are anxious? And it gives us actually some specific items that we should do, you know, uh, kind of a checklist. Now the, it's not a checklist in the sense of if I do X, Y, and Z, you know, I'm never going to feel anxiety again, which we, we already talked about that. It's something that we do when we feel anxiety and it may be we do it now when anxiety comes and then we do it again in 10 minutes and then 10 minutes and then in 10 minutes, but we continually trust God. And let's just read read through these verses again. What is it that we should do when we feel anxious? Do not keep on being anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we're anxious, we don't just sit in there, stew on it all the time. We go somewhere with it, and we go into the arms of God. We give it to God. We tell God, just like Joy cried out to me, Dad, pick me up. There's a dog, you know. Um, we say that to God. God, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of this. I'm concerned about that. Um, please help me. And so what do we do here? First, we, whatever it is, we tell it to God by prayer and supplication. So we go to God and we say, God, this is what I'm concerned about. And we tell him a lot of times I, it's that first step that for me, I miss, I have not uh, something I'm concerned about and I just internalize it and I don't take it to God at all. I just, I just almost unconsciously just pile up these concerns without going to God. We have to be self-aware enough to see, man, I'm, I'm really concerned about this and then take it to God. For me, a lot of times it has to get to a certain level where it's like, man, this is really weighing on me big time. And then I go to God with it rather than, rather than taking it to God whenever it's down here before it gets all the way up to a 10 out of 10 or something like that on anxiety. So first we just go to God and we tell him, this is what's going on. Would you help me? That's the second part. We ask for help. We tell him what we're concerned about, and then we ask for help. Supplication. We're asking God, God, would you please help me in this situation? Would you please help me with, I'm concerned about this. Would you protect us? Would you be with us? Would you guide us? Would you help us, you know, not to get COVID or, or my mom not to get COVID? Would you help us in this difficult season with this and that? I'm concerned this or that will happen. We ask for help. And then the third thing that's kind of surprising is this idea of with thanksgiving. So you don't have the answer yet. Why are you thanking God? Well, you're thanking God. You're remembering his goodness. You remember who he is. What has he done for us in the past? There's a lot of things we can thank God in the past. If you're concerned about this, look back and think about things that God has delivered in the past. Things that he's done for you and provided for you and protected you in ways in the past. And you thank him. You thank him for the present. God, I know even though it hasn't happened yet, I know you're with me now and I know you're going to help me. And in the future, I know in the future, all the way to the end of my life and when I meet you, all the way through, you're going to be with me, helping me, protecting me. Thank you for that. 
So we thank him for the good things in the past and the present and the future. We're thankful because of who he is, what he's done, and that he's here with us. And then we trust him. And that thankfulness, this is the four things. So we tell God, one, we, two, we ask for help. Three, we remember his goodness and thank him for it. And we look forward for that goodness and we thank him for it. And then five, four, we trust him. We trust him. And for me, the thanking is so helpful and essential for me in the trusting. Because if I just do the, if I skip that step and the steps are, I trust God, I ask, I tell it to God, tell him, sorry, I'm kind of all over the place today. Um, my speech there, but I'm going to restart the sentence. It, <laughs> pause for a second, just totally step out. It's hard to, I can see myself, unfortunately, in the video or whatever, so it's just really weird and distracting. So, back up. Uh, if I skip the step of Thanksgiving and I just tell God my problems, tell Him how I'm feeling, I ask for help, and then I trust Him, the trust is kind of wishy-washy. You know, it's like, I want to trust God. But if I have this step of thanksgiving, and I'm not just telling him my problems, asking for help, and then trying to muster up trust, if I'm remembering his goodness in the past, his goodness to me in the present, and that he, I know he'll be with me, protecting me in the future, present with me, that, when I get to that fourth step, you know, tr just trusting him with all these things, actually, not just praying and and. You know, hoping he answers, but praying and knowing he, he's good and that he's going to answer that step of thanksgiving gives some weight to that for me personally, because it's just reminding myself of who God is, what he's done. And it's like, yeah, of course, God's going to help in this situation because there's a thousand situations in the past that God has helped. Why is he, why would he not help now? And I'm trusting God in the future. Of course, he's going to help me in the present. And for me, it's easier to remember the past, trust God, and know that he was good, and look forward even to the future, future problems that haven't happened yet. But the present, where I'm in right now, is where I get anxious. Uh, for me personally, for some of you, it might be the future. Maybe you're anxious constantly about the future, and you're okay when the trial comes upon you, something difficult happens, and you, you don't feel as anxious as you did, you know, expecting it or thinking, what if this happens? I don't know what it is for you, but for me, the thanksgiving helps me to trust, helps me really to lean into God and know he, he's there with me. He's going to be with me in the future. So I hope that's helpful to you. I hope that you can take this and apply it and whatever's going on in your life that you can do this. It's going to be, you're going to be anxious. That's normal. I don't think, we don't want the, like I said, a false idea of peace where we think we're never, peace of God means when something really, really bad happens, we aren't concerned. When we, when you get a test back, you know, you got cancer, or, uh, you could have cancer. We see some of these markers. It's not that the Christian is like, oh, no big deal. I'm not worried at all. It's that we have a concern and where do we go and what do we do with it? We take it to God. We tell him about our concerns. We ask him for help. We thank him. We know he's going to be with us. Thank him for what he's done in the past, all the things he's brought us through, and know that he'll bring us through to the end and just say, thank you, God. Thank you for what you've done. And then we trust him. And then we trust him with whatever it is. 
you know, one thing that is helpful for me and specifically we can thank God for in every, in every situation is our salvation. We can thank him. Look, God sent Jesus. Remember Romans 8? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not with him graciously give us all things? Jesus died for us. God gave his own son for us and died for us on the cross. Will, won't he help us through this situation that we're in right now? Whatever it is, it's smaller, you know? It's less. Whatever temporal situation we're in, circumstances around us that are just going to last a, a, at best, you know, at longest, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years, at, at most, right? But God has already taken care of the big thing, which is our eternal soul. That If we can trust Him with that, if I can say, God, here I am, I trust you with my eternal soul, where I'm going to be forever and ever and ever and for a million billion years. I can trust you with that. Well, why can't we trust him? Let's trust him with where we're at right now, this situation this that we're in right now, which is, which is smaller and less far-reaching than whether we're with God for eternity or apart from him for eternity. He's already provided us with that, with Jesus, to cover our sins so that we can be with God forever. Surely, he'll provide for us in whatever situation we're in now. So we've already trusted God with the big thing. I've said this before. Um, I'm just kind of going over it again. I know we had a sermon on anxiety in the Proverbs series but and fear, but it's helpful just to have a reminder that if we've trusted God with the big thing, our soul, can we trust him with the little thing today, just today? And thankfulness helps. Looking back and thanking God for already providing all the big things, all the most important things, and then saying, God, I can trust you today with whatever's going on today. I want to point out one more thing just before we conclude, which is, again, the wording, it says, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God's not promising that we're going to understand it all. If it was me... If I got to write this verse the way I want God to act, I would have it say, and the peace of God uh, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, and he'll, he'll give you all the understanding that you want to have, right? Like for me, when something difficult's going on, I, I want God to give me an itinerary. Like, God, tell me what's going to happen. If I'll feel less anxious if I know exactly what's coming in the future. If you tell me this, well, first you're going to have this, and then it's going to get better, and then it might get worse again, but then it's going to get better. If I knew all, all that's going to happen, I could... I, I wouldn't be anxious, God. But that's not what God's promising here. He's promising a peace from God, the peace of God, that we're, we know Him and we're with Him and He's going to provide for us even if we don't understand. We're not going to understand it all. We're not necessarily getting an itinerary. It's surpassing understanding, which means that our peace is in who God is even when we don't understand what's going on. God's not promising us to tell us you know, the next five steps down the road, he's just saying, I'm going to be there with you. Wherever you're at, whatever's going on, you're anxious. He's not promising to tell uh, tell us what's going to happen. He's promising to be with us in it. And so it's a peace that passes understanding. It means I don't have to understand it, but I know God is with me and I can trust him. And that even though I'm concerned about this, I trust God more and I can rest in him. And so... Just to conclude, 
We're trusting a person. Our peace, our anxiety, the reason we're not anxious is not because we have it all figured out. It's not because we've got this checklist. I'm going to do this, this, and this, um, and then I'm not going to be anxious. It's that we've got a person that we trust, and that person's God. That when the when the dog ran up to Joy, you know, and she jumped, you know, wanted to get in my arms, that's exactly what I do with God. You know, she didn't know what I was going to do. She didn't know what the dog was going to do, but she knew she trusted me, and that's what we do to God. We say, God, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm concerned. I've got anxiety, but I'm going to lean into you and trust you with whatever it is, and that's enough for me. That's enough to outweigh my anxiety, though it's still there. Um, it's not my present continuous state because I'm trusting in you. I'm not leaning into that and just staying there. I'm leaning into you, God, and I'm resting on who you are, your goodness, past, present, and future, and I know you're going to be with me and be helping me. Well, that's all. Um, I'll just go through the points one more time, which is that anxiety is not a sin, that Christians are going to feel anxious. Peace does not mean the absence of anxiety. Peace means that we're trusting God in the midst of anxiety. We the presence of God, not the absence of anxiety, is our peace. The absence of concern. And then what do we do when we have when we have that anxiety? Well, we tell it to God. We ask for help. We remember His goodness and thank Him for it. And then we just trust Him. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this time. I pray it's helpful. I pray it would... Help someone who's anxious today, and I pray that we'd be able to live it out, not just know it in our minds, not just know these verses, but really apply them. Hand all this to you. Amen.